When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's the Rich Eisen Show basketball podcast. We're here on a Wednesday. It's June 22nd. We're on the eve of the NBA draft taking place tomorrow night in Brooklyn. The Golden State Warriors are your 2022 NBA champions. They dispatched to the Boston Celtics in six games, as predicted by yours truly last week on the show. I knew it was going to happen, guys. (laughs) You tried to talk me out of it, and I had already seen the writing on the wall, like I said, after game four. Uh, But thank you for your vote of confidence. I appreciate it. I'll remember that uh, (laughs) as we move forward. But yeah, Golden State did it. Uh, 103-90 in game six to finish off Boston for the fourth NBA title of this run uh, from their big three. Uh, It's been a week, but uh, Adam, what are your thoughts? First up, what's up, Adam, TJ? Hi, guys. How you doing? It's good to be here. I mean, the season's over, but we're continuing the the coverage throughout the summer. So, guys, uh, tune in for that. I'm happy. What's going on, TJ? Well, to quote Curtis Blow, Bill Russell didn't take no junk. And Daryl Dawkins got a monster dunk. Okay. They're playing basketball. Just quoting Curtis Blow here to start this podcast. You know, when I was in like seventh grade, I wrote this. uh, So I would have been in the seventh grade in 92. And that was when Shaq came out, number one pick. I wrote this like super long, like rap about Shaquille O'Neal. And I, and I don't, I don't remember it all the way through, but I remember some of the lines. Like I talked about like, Banking the funk and dunking on Alonzo Morning and stuff it was like so. I was Were like, you inspired by his uh, yeah. rap? Did you just rip off Shaq Diesel? Cause that sounds like a line from Shaq. Probably. Diesel. I was talking about like, yeah, like uh, I got my own shoe to bat Alonzo Morning or something like that. Like it was. <laughs> Maybe he copied you. One of my one of my finer moments. Yeah. Uh, first one of, my of all, moments. put some respect on Alonzo Morning's name though. Okay. Don't no, disrespect. of course. I mean, I, it was just because he was the number one pick. Alonzo Morning got, Morning was number two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alonzo Morning got dunked on by a lot of people, though. He was a great defender, but he would always get dunked on well, because sh- people would challenge him. Yeah. Shot, well, shot blockers all get dunked on. Yeah. If you're if you're a guy who blocks shots, you're gonna have a highlight reel, or you send him people packing, and you're gonna have a highlight reel getting capped. But I, I feel like he had more more posters against him than than even. Other shot blockers, it Maybe. feels Didn't, like. Uh, you know, we had him in studio last week. Tracy McGrady had a famous one on Alonzo, right? I mean, McGrady, another one. He dunked on pretty much everybody. But Yao so. Ming. Like, Vince, had, Vince had a famous one oh, on Alonzo. Vince had the famous yeah. yeah. yeah, It was Vince. It was Vince. Where, okay, where yeah. Alonzo was actually like legitimately upset afterwards. He, he thought well, he Vince showed Carter him up. Vince was like hanging in the air, it felt like. It felt like he jumped and then just like went a little higher. Yeah, Vince was ridiculous. All right. Uh, like I said, uh, NBA Finals thoughts left over. What do you think about the Warriors here, Adam? 
couple couple things that that Some I was leftover thoughts. Yeah, yeah I was thinking about thoughts. Andrew Wiggins' incredible NBA Finals. Did not expect that out of him at all. Obviously, coming into the league, he had huge expectations as his number one pick. And I don't think it was ever meant to be that he was supposed to be the number one player on a championship-level team. I think he's found his role with the Golden State Warriors as the third best player on that team, possibly the second. He was the second. To me, he was the second best player in the finals for them this year. But we'll see next year with Clay um, getting more time to rehab. But yeah, Wiggins was was incredible in this series. And then, of course, obviously, Steph Curry just taking that that leap in his career he always had the um, the one the one asterisk where where fans always knew he was great, but people would hold the fact that he never had a, a Finals MVP against right, him. Right, right. He should have won that first year they won. I think it, what was it, fifteen two thousand fifteen when Iguodala yeah. won. Yep. So Steph finally taking that leap, getting the Finals MVP, just just totally eviscerated the Celtics in Game Six. And Chris, obviously, I know you you were in total pain, but I was at the cigar shop, the V cut on Melrose. Everybody was there. It was a great time. And and we were legitimately all like cracking up laughing at some of the shots he was making. Like yeah. that's how you know somebody's good when people are laughing at how absurd the shots are. And so when you get to that level when you're making people laugh when when you're doing these these shots and these moves, you're you're another you're another level. You're you're an incredible player. So Steph Curry, he's still he's I believe he's thirty four, but the way he conditions himself and with current NBA technology and in the way they're able to condition who knows when this is going to stop this this guy could have another prime with the emergence of that team with the younger guys for another five six years so it's 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 it was awesome to watch yeah tj what do you think leftover thoughts from the finals oh man um i had a lot to unpack i guess the uh the reports of the Warriors' demise were greatly exaggerated. I just uh, come back to what you said a couple years ago. It was like, get yours now. Yeah. And, like, it, get yours now because once this team is fully healthy, look out. And you were kind of – you were way ahead of – you were two years ahead on that. And, uh, you know, kudos to you for calling that. First and foremost, though, let me applaud you because it's very hard for you sometimes to give me credit amongst the many things that I do say right. And a lot of times that you, <laughs> you don't want to give me props. <laughs> wow. So I appreciate that you went back and you dug in the crate a little bit and pulled that out. Yeah, man. I was just like, this team, they're losing, they're down because they're injured, right? And I'm like, but if these guys get healthy again, which there's no reason they shouldn't. You know, the days of Bernard King tearing his ACL and having his career right. over, thank goodness, are done. And the like fact that Dominique they got... with his Achilles. Yeah, and the fact that they got the number two pick, who at the time we didn't know would never see the court, but we just, you know, they're, they're getting the top three pick this year. Clay's out, but he'll be back. And But obviously, when when Wiggins got there... I kind of knew, man. Like, here's a guy he's not going to have to carry your franchise. Like, he, they wanted him to do in, in, in Minnesota. And you're right, Adam. He might not have been built to be number one player on a championship team. But to be the number four on the call sheet on the championship team, man, he's more than adequate and more than built for that. And like you said, he was probably the second best player in the finals. But to start the season, and I always like to put things on movie call sheets, he's definitely, he was definitely fourth on the call sheet and Andrew Wiggins, man, big ups to him because that guy had a lot of trash talked about him. A lot of naysayers, not like nice. Let me try that again. A lot of naysayers because he was the number one pick. He didn't do what everyone thought he was going to do. He didn't reach the heights that people assumed he would, 
So, you know, there was a lot of negativity surrounding Wiggins, you know, like Nick Wright famously saying, yeah. you know, when the when the Warriors traded for him, they'll never win anything. He's washed. Andrew Wiggins, man, enjoy your summer, bro, because you earned it. <laughs> you definitely yeah, you know, it. and uh, he's going to be a free agent after next year. So, I mean, I can only imagine uh, how much he's going to cash in. You know, he had <laughs> he pretty much had cashed in before with a five year one forty seven before. Yeah, he was all right. And then he got traded to Golden State. And man, he's he was awesome. Yeah, also, he, also, yeah, I wanted awesome. I wanted to uh, to shout out Clay Thompson. Because he didn't have an incredible final series, but he made some big shots. Yeah. You can tell he's not fully where he, he will be probably next year. That's but, also a problem. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He will be a better player next year. I would be shocked if he's not. Just the fact that he was able to come back from those horrific injuries and play the way he did. He has such a, a positive attitude. You can't you can't hate Clay. He's he's the most likable guy to me in the NBA. He's so funny. His parade shenanigans alone were, were incredible. <laughs> the guy was drinking Hennessy, running over people, losing his hat on the boat. He's just a character. Yeah. He's one of the best people in the NBA to root for, and I wish nothing but the best for Clay. He's just the man. Yeah, yeah. He, he's totally the man. Did, like you said, didn't play great. 37% shooting in the finals. Uh, still threw in 17 a game, but he's just fine. Like, like I said, it nothing pained me more than to have to root against Steph and Clay, because I, I I love like watching them, yeah. them play so much. I love Clay, and to see him come back after two and a half years of being out, you know, was it nine hundred and something days between yeah. games? Like it's just awesome. I, I would have loved to have celebrated this Golden State team, you know, if they played anyone else in the finals. But sure, if they played yeah. against Miami, if they played against Brooklyn, if they played against Milwaukee, probably because I just didn't want Milwaukee to go back to back. Whatever. It's just like. You know, it it was tough. It was a tough finals for me. Uh, I I got to be honest. I really only watched about a quarter and a half of Game Six. Like you could just tell. You had the feeling. You know, yeah. they were up. Boston got out to a fourteen-two start. I was yelling and running around my house. And then I don't know what you, what happened after that. Just like they forgot how to play basketball. It was really bizarre. And uh, once you could see it going a certain way, I was like, I'm not going to ruin my night by watching this whole game. You know, congrats to Golden State, and um, we're on to next year. It was an awesome Celtics season. Uh, I'm probably I'm never going to forget this run, and hopefully these guys don't either. And use it as motivation to to get back. I mean, right. the, the East is really tough. Uh, the East there's a lot of really good teams and a lot of really good players. Really curious to see what Brooklyn does, what moves they make. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Philly, what moves they make? Miami, you know they're going to make moves. And then if Boston ends up adding a player like Nick Batoon or something like that, a, another big perimeter shooter. But Boston has a lot to be proud of. Tatum has a lot to be proud of. First team All-NBA this year. He's only going to get better, which is a crazy thought. And um, Golden State was just a better team in this series. I don't think they were the better team overall. I think Boston was a better team when healthy. If both teams were 100% healthy, I think – Boston wins this series every time, but uh, they weren't. And with the experience of the finals and Curry kind of took his game to another level, Adam, like you said, we were kind of waiting for that. We'd never really seen it in the finals before, aside from that one 47-point game against Toronto, which is a series they lost. But kudos to Stephen Clay and everybody on that team except Draymond Green. I'm happy for them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, going back to Clay. Ring number four. You know, like you said, Adam, 
the injuries. You know, he's injured during a game we all saw. And then we get news one random day that Clay's rehabbing and then he gets hurt again. So you can imagine like mentally what this guy had to go through when you were in the peak physical condition and you're at the peak of your, you know, your, your given vocation, which he was. And then to have two injuries back to back like that, mentally that had to crush him. You could see there were times, like he even said, times where there were shots of Clay sitting on the bench crying. Like sad clay, sad clay, because this guy had to think like, am I ever coming back? Is like, am I ever going to be able to go out? You know, there was a video going around at the end of last season, clay sitting on the bench wearing a mask and Steph comes over with a towel over his head and he kind of sits off. They're not on the bench. They're kind of behind the bench. And it was the end of their season last year. And Steph kind of goes over to, to Clay and he kind of puts his hand on his shoulder. And Clay, he, he's wearing a mask, which you could just tell from his eyes the sadness. His shoulders are slunched down. And Steph kind of just sits next to him. And you could tell the two of them were just like, man, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, I promise you, in that moment, they're like, we're not going to have this feeling again. And, and they sure didn't. Uh, one guy we didn't mention and I want to give a shout out to is uh, Gary Payton II. Yeah. Simply because, first of all, joining his dad, Gary Payton, the legendary glove, becoming the fifth father-son duo to win an NBA championship. But not only that, if you know his story, you know, getting drafted in 2016, bouncing around from club to club, I think he may have gone to Europe. But the thing was, if he would have gotten cut by Golden State this year, you know what he was going to do? I do. Yeah, he was going to join the media mm-hmm. department. He was going to like he was going to be the video coordinator, the video of the team. coordinator yeah. in the media department for the team. For the Warriors, yeah. yeah. Had he gotten because he was already like, I think he had gotten to the point where like I've been cut so much, this isn't working. He was looking to his future after basketball. Wow. He was ready to accept this job if he got cut, and they were going to hire him. And luckily for him, he didn't get cut. And now look at him, man. The guy, you know, who started out in the video department, Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra. Yeah. So I just found that I thought that was a great story. Like he came so close to being like, all right, my dream's not going to happen. And then the next, you know, this guy's, by the way, Duncan, he had a dunk in that last game. That was phenomenal. Like the dude's got hops. He's, you know, I'm always a fan of second generation stars, whether it be in football, basketball, pro wrestling, you get a lot of that in wrestling because you're able to watch like a father for years and years. And then next thing you know, his son or his daughter, comes up and wrestles. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of just watching generations kind of follow in the parents' footsteps. So the Warriors I, have I three of the, the Warriors have three of those guys yeah, in their man. team. Yep, exactly. Wow, so that's crazy. Uh more likely to get back to the finals next year, Warriors or Celtics? I'd say the Warriors just because the East is going to be such hard competition next year. To be honest, Chris, I, obviously the Celtics were great this year, but I kind of doubt if they would have beaten Boston if Chris Middleton was healthy. Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee. Oh, what I, oh, yeah. Milwaukee, yeah. Yeah. So the that and the fact that Brooklyn with who knows what's going to happen with them, but then you have you obviously have Durant and they'll be I mean conceivably the Sixers and I just think there's a lot of competition in the East. And there there's good teams in the West, but I, I believe at this point the Warriors are are another level above the Suns and the Mavericks still. So I I, I would bet that the Warriors get back. Even the Grizzlies? Grizzlies, I still am I'm not big on. Yeah, you kept saying that whole playoffs, kept, and they proved you wrong. The I, mean, not, I mean, not really. They barely won. They, they barely won the first round against Minnesota. And then the second round, yeah, they played decent, but I never really actually thought that they'd win the series. They're, 
they're going to be a good team eventually. I just don't think they're there quite yet, including next year. I just don't think that they have the weapons to go against Golden State, especially with James Weissman coming back healthy. I just don't see it. Yeah, but what do you know about James Weissman? Nothing. I know that he's talented, and he was. How do you know that though? Like we've never seen. We, we did see him in the in the in the uh, his rookie year. He had stretches where he'd play. He's a talented bit, player. Yeah. Played a little bit. A little like bit. I, I don't know that I'm gonna like use him as the the measuring stick to say that he's gonna be the one to get a team over the well, hump. No, because I'm not we saying, don't but know. He's just another addition to this already loaded Golden State team. That's just gonna add to their and also like did, their Golden greatness. State's never played with a center, right? So like, are they gonna? I'm just wondering how he's going to fit. Like, they don't run a traditional set, right? They're – I just don't know. Yeah, he played He played half a season his first year, 12 and 6. I mean, it's pretty good. Decent. He can thrive with, with Steph off the, the pick and roll. He can be one of those guys. If he can become a Chris – I've said this from the start that obviously he needs to improve a lot to become this level, but – the, the Chris Bosh comparison can be there. If he can hit that outside shot, he's a lefty, and he can get rebounds and block shots and, and do the pick-and-roll stuff. Well, I, I'm just going to be honest with everyone. Listen, I have not watched enough James Wiseman playing basketball to sit here and, and compare him to anyone. So I, I really don't know what the guy's going to bring. 12-6, and six, as you said. Got to see how he fits in with this team. The team doesn't really run sets for, like, a, a big man, right? So... I don't know. Is he going to fit in there? Do you think? Is it, or is yeah. James James Wiseman going to be that big of a player for them next year? I Steve, guess is what Steve I'm Kerr, I believe in Steve Kerr, and he'll figure out a way to to get him to fit in. I, mean, I just trust Steve they Kerr. Just, they just have a lot of guy like who doesn't come back. Does Bielitsa come back? Mooney, Looney, all these guys. They're like, well, like, I just, just Igu- like, is Iguodala? Is he a free agent? He he's got to be thinking about retiring. He's also right? like eighty three years old. Yeah, Iguodala, great career by the way. But he but has to get also leg. like he, you know, I saw something funny <laughs> on Instagram the other day, and it was like, and I don't buy this because this man has rings himself. But somebody was like, Igadala is who uh, Udonis Haslam thinks he is, <laughs> 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 which I thought was a little rough That's because UD has rings. It's not like he don't got rings, but you know he has been hanging around twenty years now, and I, but I feel like he serves a purpose on that team and in the locker room, and I'm sure that's what Andre does because you could see like. Points where Iguodala would take Peyton when Peyton would get out of the game. Iguodala would be on him before the guy even got off the court in his ear, kind of telling him what he did wrong, you know, pointing things out to him. So veteran leadership and presence like that, you can't understate. So maybe Iguodala does come back. I'm sure he'd take like the minimum, obviously, probably to to come back. Essentially, being a glorified coach. Yeah, really. it just depends if there's a there's a spot for him. TJ, who do you think will? more likely have a chance to get back? Uh, I mean, that's tough. Like you said, the East is going to be strong. We can't, I mean, obviously you cannot forget about the Los Angeles Clippers, especially with Kawhi Leonard having more than a full year to come back healthy. Um, We all know what Kawhi can do on the basketball court. Um, Paul George, healthy. I think that they're going to make a a move or two. I'm not really sure what that move is going to be, but I'm going to say you're going to have to look out for the Clippers next year. All right, here we go. Until the Clippers curse happens because inevitably it always happens, (laughs) and and it just upsets me. All right, here we go. We're going to do it right now real quick. Way too early. Every team is 100% healthy. Top five power rankings heading into 2022-23. All right. Well, the Golden State Warriors have to be number one. Why? 
because they're the defending champions. But 100% healthy, they're not the best team in the league. But well, you, how be- you, you believe that? that the Celtics are, and I, I, I don't not. know that I agree with you on that. 100% so. healthy, the Celtics are better than the Warriors. No, they're not. I don't. 100% healthy? No. What? Because we're, because then Clay Thompson's 100% healthy. Oh, uh, okay. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, look, we can agree to disagree. But. So, I, I mean, the defending champions, unless Steph or somebody retires going in, I think you have to put them at number one. How could you not? I agree. Well, there you go. All right. So you guys have the Warriors number one. Let's keep going. Two, I have, me personally, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. The Chicago Bulls. Yeah, Chicago (laughs) Bulls with Rudy Gobert. (laughs) Yes, the starting lineup. Milwaukee? Yeah. I got to go Milwaukee. You have Giannis, who to me is still the best player in the league overall. Steph, Steph was incredible, but overall Giannis to me is still the best. So, yeah, you have him, you have a healthy Middleton. Hopefully, uh, Lopez will be fully healthy. So, to me, yeah, they're they're number two right now. Okay. All right, Brockman, take three. Well, I don't think the Warriors are number one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I just don't know how you can say that. Though. Yeah, I mean, 100% healthy. I kind of think Milwaukee is probably number one. Okay. Um, I kind of think Brooklyn is, number, is, is in the top five as well. We don't really have to put them in any order. We don't even know but. who's on their team. Uh, all we know is Kevin Durant and Joe Harris. That's all we know yeah. for a fact. Well, and Kyrie Irving is technically on the team. We all, yeah, as of, yeah, we you know, all twelve forty three. We all know where Kyrie's going to be. A lot can change tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, Ben Simmons. Yeah, a lot can change. I actually think Denver is in the top five. If we're looking at completely fully healthy teams. Like, look how good they were this year. Jokic was another MVP. Didn't have two of their best players. Players number two and three not healthy, not playing. The entire season. And as much as I don't want to say this, probably the Lakers are probably in the top five. No. With a fully healthy LeBron and Anthony Davis. Not in the top five. There's no way. What do you mean there's no way? That team is trash besides those two. Who else is good on that team? I mean, a team in the NBA, all you need are two good players, and you can go all the way to the finals. We just saw it. But to, to compare those that Lakers team to all these other great teams, there's so many good teams now. To me, there's not even a chance that they're in the top five right now. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right, so and I think the Celtics are up there as well. Adam and I have Golden State one. You have Milwaukee one, right? I have Milwaukee one. I'm going to put Golden State not even in my top five. Ooh, that's a hot take, wow. baby. All right. He's, he's just angry. <laughs> what happened? Heading into the season, I got hot like fire. Milwaukee, okay. Brooklyn, BK. Boston, Denver, Lakers. In All no particular order. All right, who you got, Adam? You got Golden State, Milwaukee. Golden State, Milwaukee. Fully healthy. Fully healthy heading into the season. I'm going to go Clippers. Clippers, number three. I like your style. I'll go. That's a good one. I should have did Clippers instead of well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'll go Celtics, four. And this is the homer in me. If we get Rudy Gobert tomorrow. Oh, come on. The Bulls can be. If we get Rudy Gobert? Dude, that starting lineup. If the Celtics get Bradley Beal, we're number one. <laughs> I mean, we're playing no. that game. Okay, well, with the current roster, then then we're not. But <laughs> tomorrow, if we get Rudy Gobert, the Chicago Bulls can be a top five team in this league, fully healthy. That is an incredible, incredible lineup. Yeah, bad stuff will probably happen with injuries or whatever. Who knows? But that team can really. I, I know I'm a homer. I know it. Yeah, it's fine. We all are. But I'm going no. with the Bulls, number five. Blatant, so take it or leave it. Blatant homerism. It's a great segment. Yeah, take it or leave it. Bulls, number five. 
TJ? All right, well, I got Golden State 1. I got Milwaukee at 2. Uh, I'm agree with Chudwin there. I'm going to go Clips at 3. C's at 4. Clips are nice. Uh, number 5, man. I, you know what? I might just... I thought I was going to do a stretch here, but I don't know if this deal is going to go through. So I'll hold off on it. And I'll... I, if they're healthy... Sixers? Nah, I mean, as much as I want to, but I, I'll say the Nuggets, man, yeah, because Denver's I think nice, people man. kind of forget Jamal Murray, before he got hurt, That's what I'm saying. was putting himself on that next tier, man, and then he got hurt. So we just got to see how he comes back. But if Jamal Murray can come back to 90% of what he was, if he can come back to bubble Jamal Murray, then yeah, these Nuggets are a problem. And, and, and also, PJ. think about, yeah, exactly, him too, but think about what that does for Joker. Now, all of that isn't on his shoulders. He doesn't have to score the many points. He doesn't have to, you know, do everything that he had to do currently without those two guys, without Porter and without Murray. The NBA so. is in such a good place because think about it. We did. We just did not mention the 64-win Phoenix yeah. Suns. We well, didn't they, mention 56-win Memphis Grizzlies. We didn't mention probably the best young player in the game, Luka Doncic. We didn't mention who else? Well, the thing, about, the thing about Dallas, the Raptors, Phoenix is we, Sixers. I, I think it's kind of a known thing that I don't believe Aiton's going to be there next year. Yeah, that's a team I could see taking so, a fall for sure. And, and by the way, I was I would have put them fifth, but because we don't know the Aiton situation, that's why I couldn't put Phoenix in fifth. If he's back, then I, yeah, because I, I felt kind of bad for the Suns, right? They had such a great regular season. Yeah. They had two bad games in the playoffs. And by the way, they were bad. They lost by like 50. They were bad really games. Bad. But bro, they had two bad games literally Game in the entire at playoffs. at home and got smoked. They got smoked. But are we going to allow that to take away? And then, of course, all the, the trash talking about Chris Paul, like he was just some bum and stuff and all that stuff come, start coming out. But like, yeah. you take away those the two bad games at the end of the season – this Phoenix Suns team was really good. They had a great season. And if Aiton comes back, I'll put them in five. I just, from what I'm understanding, it looks like he might not be back. And they were them, up so. 2-0 the year before Milwaukee in the finals. I wonder if we're going to find something out in a few months that, like, this team had a secret COVID outbreak or something and they all were sluggish and sick. Yeah, because remember, a few of them missed a the game. Every, yeah. yeah, I just I just don't understand what went wrong with that team. I also lost a lot of money, like, betting on <laughs> Uh, okay. Uh, also, that's what I wanted to point out, just the talent. Like, the league, I think, is it's really in a place we've never kind of seen before in talent-wise. I mean, if you look at 1 through 10, the playoff teams this year, in each league, each team has a super-duper star, you know? Like, Zion Williamson is going to be back. He looks great in some of these workout videos, right? Yeah. Anthony Edwards, super-duper star. Uh, the Clippers, they're two superstars. DeJounte Murray, superstar. Trey Young, superstar. Um, Darius Garland, superstar. LaMelo Ball, superstar. Uh, it, it, the league's in such a great place talent-wise. Yeah, I agree with you on that. To me, I'm a little more discerning in terms of the word superstar. Yeah, some of those guys I don't know are DeLonte, super okay, yeah. stars. Well, they're stars, though. They're stars. Yeah, I mean, they're stars. Yeah, they're stars, but I'm... Uh, to me, there's but all, maybe, they're also young, young yeah. stars, young who up and are, coming. could be first team All NBA at some point. Uh, that's just what I mean. Yeah, it's, I don't remember a time when there's been this much talent in the league. Maybe the early '90s, early yeah, like early '90s, I guess. Maybe when you had like the end of Magic and Larry and Jordan in his prime and and all those guys. But Berkeley. I haven't seen anything like this of 
You have you have the so you old guys guard. Still remember in 1996 that draft class when there was like 13 guys, and in '97, I mean, the late '90s. We can't forget the amount of talent that the came late in. '90s. I don't think was nearly as talented as now, though. The late '90s was kind of a drought. A lot of bad, a lot of bad offense. A lot of 85 to 75 games. A lot of busts. And it was a lot of great defense though being played. But if you look overall, there just weren't. The late '90s to me was was actually one of the worst periods of the NBA. The late '90s, early 2000s. Well, there was there were just some tough games to watch. So you tell me those Lakers dynasty in the early 2000s that was bad basketball. No, they they were an amazing team. Spurs dynasty that was anomaly. I mean, a lot a lot of Knicks Heat like. Crappy ass games, to be honest. And a lot of teams that, that were was just like really mid nineties, though. Like, whatever. I mean, I, I, I we'll, we'll well, agree I to disagree say, on that. One. I think to, just to Adam's point, there's 25 guys in the league right now who would be first team All NBA in 25 years ago. Every team, yeah. every team has mm. sensational young players. Yeah, it's amazing. The only, off the top of my head, the only team that doesn't necessarily have a, a potential superstar is really like. Orlando. I was going to say the Magic. Yeah. Like maybe Cole Anthony will become good. They're getting a top three pick this year. But off the top of my head right now, every team kind of has a guy. Well, the Kings don't. The Magic uh, don't. It's a bonus. I mean, not that he's a superstar, but. I guess Fox. I like Fox. Bonus is a good player. But I guess you could say the Kings. But who else? Just just a lot of great young talent in the league. That was my point. I I didn't want us to argue about eras. I'm just pointing out that, you know, so many teams have a lot of really good young players you know as we come towards the kind of end of career of Kevin Durant and LeBron and you know Steph has been around for a long time now it's it's just good to see the league in good hands that was my point yeah any follow-up thoughts on that (laughs) (laughs) all right here's something I did want to do uh this seems like there's just a lot of news popping the NBA draft is tomorrow we're not going to talk really any draft really we can react uh next week in case there's some Big trades or anything, but I think everyone kind of thinks Jabari Smith is going to go, you know, number one, and then afterwards, you know, Chet Holmgren or Paolo, and we'll see what happens uh, uh, there. But um, what did you guys think of this Kyrie news uh, from yesterday? Was it the least surprising thing ever to wake up and see a headline with Kyrie, his team X, and then the word impasse uh, about his future, TJ? Does that shock you at all? Nothing that comes out about Kyrie is shocking at this point. It's just like, uh, what is it with this dude? I wish I knew, man. I mean, because it's obvious, like, Kyrie does good things, right? He really does. If you look around and you look at some of the stuff where he's donated money and the things that he's done. Pay for WNBA salaries. um, Yeah, of course. Building homes. So he's done great things. It's just like, I don't know, man. He makes it hard, I guess, for for himself, but you know, if these are things that you believe in and you want to s- stand firm, then you know what, man. If, if a man's got a belief, to salute, as they say, you know, like. But I, I, I don't get some of the choices. I guess that he's. Do you made. think he's on Brooklyn next year, or do you think it's one of the other three teams rumored: Lakers, Clippers, Knicks? Adam. Ooh. I just don't see. What those other three teams could give up in equal value. Who are the Lakers going to give up for Kyrie that's anywhere close to him? Westbrook is not tradable at this point. Nobody wants Russell Westbrook. That's just the truth of the matter. They don't want him. They don't want the $47 million salary. Yeah, his contrast is a huge albatross. Nobody wants that. And then the other teams, you said the Knicks, maybe R.J. Barrett. 
in a draft pick? No, that's not going to happen. He's not going to go to the Knicks. And then the last team, you said the Clippers. Well, they're not going to give up Paul George or Kawhi. <laughs> so unless they're they're trying to fleece the Nets, that's not going to happen. So to me, I just don't see a viable trade for him. So if I had to bet, I see him staying on the Nets to start the year. Can TJ, can Kyrie be the best player on a championship team? At this point in his career, no. He's actually never done it. No. I mean, yeah, he was number two to LeBron in, in, in his only title run in 2016. And by the way. <laughs> Great spot to be in. Guess who else is number two to LeBron? Everyone, Everyone. that plays with him. Right. <laughs> so there ain't no shame in that. And also, you know, you look at Kyrie, man. He, you know, he won that, that first championship, like pulled up on Steph. Busted the jumper in his eye when a lot of people are like, what are you doing, Kyrie? And he, he hit the three. So, you know, if there was a way, you know, Rich asked me that yesterday. Would I like Kyrie on the Clippers? Oh, the answer is absolutely I would like Kyrie on the Clippers. And as I was like, if it doesn't cost you Paul George or Kawhi, then yeah. Now, the question was why? Well, we were just talking about the Cavs winning the NBA championship in was 17. 16. 16. Who was the coach? Tyloo. Who coaches the Clippers? Tyler. So if there's someone who maybe can manage Kyrie and kind of understands him and maybe who Kyrie respects, because, you know, you're starting to hear rumors now that after Steve Nash had a practice, Kyrie would hold his own separate practice after the official practice. I don't, I, I, I don't know if to, I don't know if I should look at that as a bad thing or not that because I think. Right off the bat, people wanted you to look at it as a negative. My first thought was like, yo, my man's just getting extra work in. And if you're getting extra work in, it's kind of hard to knock somebody for yeah, that. Now, true. if you're doing that second practice because you're trying to overwrite what the coach was saying, obviously that's a huge issue. We don't know, you know, which box that, you know, this information should go in. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and just say maybe he was trying to get extra work. Uh, but, yeah, if there was a way that you could get him to the Clippers without losing either of those two, sure, because Kyrie is still, guys, when it comes to food chains and the point guard world, he's definitely still near the top of the, mm-hmm. the top of the food chain. So if you could get a chance to get him, but I kind of agree with you, Chris. I just don't see a way that it does happen. And a big if you're just looking at fits, right? It's so, God, it's so frustrating. Well, it's frustrating that Dame Lillard didn't listen to me months ago and try to get his way to Philly because that would have been the best choice for him. But you know, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I gave up at this point. My hands are in here. Yeah, I don't want to jump around too much, but like, the Dame situation is just insane to me. Like, what does the rest of his career look like? I don't want to get too far off of Kyrie because I still had one more point. Kyrie, Kawhi, and Paul George. That's a nearly unstoppable trio. Oh, they would win the championship. I believe so. I really believe that. He fits perfect. He fits perfect with them. Fits perfect with those two guys. Yeah. Which is why it's kind of insane to me that like it just didn't work with Harden and Durant. Yeah. (sighs) I just don't get it. Well, Chris, you know what I'm, I'm fond of saying here on the podcast. We talk about chemistry a lot of times. The only thing pH balanced in some of these clubhouses is the shampoo. So sometimes yeah. it just comes down to there's just some kind of chemical thing that's just not working, and apparently that's what went on in Brooklyn. With know? with the with the Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi, you get better defense, way better defense with to those, me, especially than, with those than, two players. Yeah, yeah, than Harden and, yeah, yeah. and 
Durant. So Kyrie's he's not a great de- he's all right as a defensive player, but his offense is so good. But then you have the defense with Paul George and Kawhi that would make that threesome a championship you, level team. Fill in the rest of the yeah. holes like Zubac and whoever. Yeah, whatever, you, you know? know if you could keep Reggie Jackson, but of course if you Reggie know Jackson he'd have go, to have to go. Yeah, he'd be probably like, the number one guy they like want. Norm Powell get Marcus Morris to stay and yeah. What do you think Kevin Durant is thinking now? Because he the, he sees the team he leaves win a championship now that no one really thought was probably ever going to happen again. Like let's be honest, I don't think we thought a fourth title was in the cards for. Steph and Clay and, and Draymond. And then now the guy he wanted to team up with for some reason, Kyrie Irving, now there's talks that he might leave. And now Kevin Durant is just kind of Will Smith at the end, just kind of looking around the house. Um, we'll probably never know the actual reason because he's too busy trolling and fighting people on Twitter <laughs> and just like, you know, d- just doing whatever he does. Um, but what do you think he's thinking right now? TJ, Kevin Durant. All right, that is a tremendous question, man. You know, I feel KD, man. You know, he's embattled in this feud with Barkley right now, and they're talking about bus drivers and this, that, and the third. I just, I, I, the thing about, I love basketball. I love basketball more than football. I love it more than baseball. I, um, I love it. With wrestling, it's probably on equal footing. Uh, but the, the old school NBA and the new school NBA. These guys just can't get along. They just, it, yeah. you rarely, and it does happen in football, granted, but not to the effect that it is in basketball where you have the, the players from the past constantly at odds with the players of today. It happens, like I said, sometimes in football and you never see it in baseball. And it happens, it probably happens 10 seconds ago in basketball. Like, I don't understand. I, is it jealous? I, I guess I get to a point, right? If you were such... If you're one of the best players on earth in the 90s and you see what these guys are making today, of course, yeah, you're going to be a little bitter because, you know, you know that had your parents just met a decade later that, you know, your whole life savings would be a little bit different, right? But, you know, KD walked into a situation where he got so much crap, right? He walked into Golden State. And no matter what anyone tries to say, he was the best player on those two championship teams. No doubt. I mean, with all due respect yeah. to Clay and Steph, who were balling at the highest level, Kevin Durant was the man. Now, does it hurt that argument when they've won without him? Yes. So basically, I'm just talking right now, and I'm waiting for one of you guys to jump in because <laughs> I'm very confused, and I don't know what to think. It's like he he definitely drove the bus on those championships, but now the bus has come back around the block and you see there's a different driver and it's still on the same route. And I I don't know what he's thinking. Just to your man. point about jealousy, about the money, you want to play the career earning game for Clyde Drexler? Oh, man. Let's. I would say Clyde Drexler. We were talking about, so, so just Andrew Wiggins is in the entering the final year of his five year. $147 million contract. Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. who we just said is the fourth guy? On the call sheet. Fourth guy on the call sheet. Clyde Drexler, number one on the call sheet for most of his career. Yeah. Career earnings. Adam. How many years did he play? He played. From like 84 to see, 90, he 98. He played maybe? 11 in Portland and three with Houston. Yeah, so 14. I'm going to go with. 
$45 million. Okay, TJ? Uh, I'm going to say $52 million. Well, you guys are way too high. Too much credit. Okay, Clyde Drexler, uh, his last three years in Houston, 9.8, 5.5, The majority of his 31.1 career earnings. Wow. Oh, my God. See? And so you can understand. Oh. I mean, again, Clyde isn't the one doing any of this talking. I have no idea what he sounds like, mm. even though he's been on this show. Like, but that guy... All time great. Yeah. Top seventy five of all time. All eighties all eighties team for sure. Like the second best two guard of his era. Thirty one million dollars. He, he would have if he would have coming up in his prime now, his career earnings could possibly have been four to five hundred million dollars. Yes. He could have had two max contracts at two hundred piece. Clyde had his own shoe. Okay. And he had the so, all-world game. Yeah, but I'm saying just the sneaker contract alone, he had his own shoe, which they didn't pay like that back then. Right. So, you know, you got guys now getting $100 million coming out of college for, for a sneaker deal. Five time I, uh, imagine five Slamma Jamma in the NIL era. Oh, my, oh God. my gosh. Clyde Stop Drexler it. would have been paid. Like even, even if you look back, like Michael Jordan would only, in his prime in, in the early 90s, was only making, I believe, Maybe yeah. two to five million dollars yeah. a year. Oh, the, the, most, the Michael Jordan, the most criminally underpaid athlete yeah. in the history of sports, ever by is, far. He was making way more off his endorsements yeah. from Nike and Gatorade and Wheaties than he ever was from his salary. McDonald's. The only time he actually made real, real significant money with the Bulls was '97 and '98 seasons. So Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, you want to do the Michael Jordan career game real quick? Yes. Well, I know he made a lot in his last two years, so I will say his total earnings with the Bulls or Wizards also. Because well, that's important. The Wizards is only one million each year. Okay, so that okay, maybe it's not important. I'll say Jordan's career earnings were seventy-five million dollars. Okay, TJ, I'm gonna go a little over that, and I'm gonna say eighty-six million. Okay, so Michael Jordan uh, in his two mega years, ninety-seven, thirty million, ninety-eight, thirty-three million. That's sixty-three million right there. Add Clyde Drexler's career, and you got $94 million from Michael Jordan. But without those two years at 31. It's, you can't even fathom yeah, that and so, it's, so to our point, a completely different era in the NBA than 25, 30 years ago of the salaries guys are making. So I totally understand why some of the old heads, you know, want to talk down this era of basketball. I totally understand. And also, you know, you get, but then we have to take consideration that time, okay? Because that money at that time, that was huge money, you right, know? Right, right. So I mean, Jose, Jose Canseco Inflation. was the first ever million-dollar baseball player. Yeah, and that was, and what, that was in, like, 1988. Yeah. yeah. So, so, of course. Yeah, take that into consideration. I just... And they're, well, they're also huge haters, not only on the amount of money people make, but I think it's more of the style of play that I see the 80s and 90s players talking trash on players now because they're constantly saying, oh, it's, well, no it's a bunch of wimps now, no defense, like you, you like foul. no hand checks, but they've, got, they've got a good point there, man, because so. you yeah. can't touch people now. Like Michael Jordan playing today, I mean, you, yeah. maybe not 50, but he's definitely probably getting – over he was getting 37 a game back. when they could beat him with a bat. Yeah. And, he so didn't even shoot th- and he didn't shoot no threes. threes. No. So imagine imagine him now if you breathe on him, he gets a foul. Mike's averaging 45, 46 yeah, a game, and that's that's not like hyperbole either. That's it's yeah. And like I said, hit him with the bat, they were getting hit, bro. And I, I don't understand when people say 
they miss the old days of that. Like, do you miss guys getting clotheslined? And like, there's nothing about that that would make me go, I want to see someone else put in a position where they're getting like their teeth knocked out or they're getting, you know, undercut. Like, I, I don't know. I don't pine for those days. Yeah, I don't miss those days, but I also don't love today either where the last five minutes of a game takes an hour. You know, where we're reviewing every little tiny thing where, you know, a hard foul suddenly becomes a flagrant two and here's, he's ejected and here's two shots plus two technicals plus the ball back and suddenly, you know, Golden State has a seven-point play. Like, I, I don't love the that, air, that, you know, specific of today's game okay, either. I agree so, with you, there. you know, yeah. if we could somehow find a healthy mixture of tough, hard-nosed basketball. Let them play. Let them play a little bit. But also, if it's obvious, call it. Call a foul. Yeah. You know, I, you know, the officiating is just so tough to watch sometimes. It really is. So. We got off, we got off the point of what Kevin Durant's thinking. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, but. <laughs> you know, you kind of look at him on Twitter, and he, you know, he does a good job. People say that he's sensitive, but I'm like, I, I don't know if that's necessarily sensitivity. When if someone's, and I'm finding this out, which you know we have fun with, and I hope yeah. you know that I'm having fun with. If you see someone say something about you on like a YouTube page, it, props to you, right? If you're someone who can see some jabroni on his phone, <laughs> talk trash about you, and you take the high road and be the better man and not talk back to them. If you can do that, then man, come teach me the way because but, I can't do it. But you that's know? what they want. They but want that's what, Yeah, that's yeah. what they want. So Durant, like I like to say, people want attention. I'm here to give it to you. And I think that's how <laughs> Kevin Durant feels. Bottom line is this. Kevin Durant's place in basketball lore should be pretty secure. He is one of the greatest scorers we've ever seen. He's one of the greatest basketball players we've ever seen. He's got two rings, and and whether or not he went somewhere else to get them or not, he won MVP of those finals. And, you know, with a size smaller shoe, maybe he goes to a final last year. He doesn't tear his Achilles. We don't know what happens, but I I feel like Kevin Garner – Garnett. I think Kevin Durant. You know what? Don't 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 take the cheese, bro. You are you're Durant, one of the greatest of all time. He to me, he takes pleasure in in clapping back at the yeah, he, he, he genuinely enjoys it. it. Yeah, he enjoys it. It's like a hobby likes. of his. Because yeah, like I said, like like really, the bottom line is this, Adam. He should look at there and, and be like, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. And if you think you're gonna talk trash, no, no, no. Because I'm good at talking trash and I'm good at basketball. So what really can you beat me at? You can't. You would think apparently people say that Kevin Durant is super boring in the offseason. He essentially just stays in his in his house all day, plays yeah, basketball. Ball life. Games. Yeah, it's all his video does. games and smokes weed. That's really all he does. Um, it's a good life. <laughs> it's yeah, it is. It's a good life. But you would you would believe with all the the opportunities he has and all of the money and access to everything he has, the fact that he's wait essentially wasting his time talking back to these trolls is is kind of crazy to think about. I think so, yeah. If, I guess if you get pleasure out of it, then who's to say yeah, what it, to do? But he has so many other things he could be what, doing. Is it time, though? Like, it takes 10 minutes to sit in real... I, if you gave me 10 minutes right now, I could tweet 35 times, put my phone down, and even never put look your at Twitter mi- To again. even put your, 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 your mind in that sort of a place, yeah. there's... To me, it just seems kind of a waste of yeah, even a mindset yeah, to do that. I don't know, energy. but I'm not Kevin Durant. So. Like I said, you guys should really check out that the, the book by Matt Sullivan that follows the, the, the Nets 
you know, during the pandemic, before and during the pandemic, like even Steve Nash was just like, I wish he would put his phone down. You know, it seems like if you get the sense that he's on it all the time. Yeah. And it's not, but, it's not just a 10 minute thing where he's just like, Oh, let me just respond to a few mm-hmm. people. It's just like constant, constant scrolling but and reading. And one thing we have to get used to is, you know, it's for instance, the, the era, what we're in now. We're in the era. Like yeah, Rich yeah. was talking about Kyler Murray, you know, with his thing about putting things out, like scrubbing your Instagram. And people have to understand, like, that's the era we're in. This is like we're all addicted. people We're know. all addicted to our phones. Oh, well, it's not even being addicted. It's you grew up, like for us, we're older. Maybe we don't have that. But like if you're 23, you've had that phone in your hand since birth. Yeah. That's all they know. So, yeah, you're going to like make announcements on your Instagram and Twitter because that's all you know. Like, you're going to spend time on these social media outlets because you're of an age. Now, I, obviously, Durant's in his like early 30s, so a little different. But we're just, you know, different generations. Just you, you have to adapt to the way the world is. And the world is now. Everyone is going to be talking through their phone. And like I said, it... it I give you props if you're someone who could read something about you in a negative light and just brush it off. Like, kudos. I don't feel bad for Durant either. He made his bed with this whole situation. Yeah. He decided to leave the Warriors. It's nobody should feel bad for this guy at all. He still has won championships. He's one of the best players of all time. Yeah, I don't think he's asking anyone to feel bad for him. He's like, definitely not. But the narrative of like, what is Durant thinking yeah. has definitely been out there for the last week. That's why I just wanted to bring it up with you guys. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, we're we're nearing the end here. Let's just get well, out of this. Uh, not to interrupt. It would help though if he were to, to be able to with, get yeah. a title where he was that quote unquote unquestioned bus driver. Okay. Then it would be like, what can you say now? You can't say anything. Just because with the Steph Curry thing with that Finals MVP, that yeah. was a little asterisk. Now this is something with Durant. Whether people like it or not, that will always be something that people will say about Kevin Durant unless he wins a championship by himself yeah. on his own team. I, to- I totally agree with you with that. All right, yeah. let's uh, get out of here. Five minutes on. We promised we were going to talk about it finally. We had uh, Juancho Gomez in studio about it. Uh, obviously, we love Adam Sandler. Let's talk a little bit of Hustle if you haven't seen it yet. It is awesome. I loved it. I loved it. It might have been a little too long uh, to the point that TJ is going to bring up, but the basketball scenes were great. Uh, you may have knew which direction it was going or maybe how it was going to end, but I had so much fun with it. The cameos from, uh, I think there were like 25-something NBA so players many. in there. Kenny Smith was great not playing himself but playing an agent. Leon Rose, right? Or mm-hmm. What was it? Leon Paul. He's probably based on on uh, Rich Paul and, and, and Leon, Leon Rose. Leon, Rose. Yeah, so yeah. Leon Paul, great, yeah. great character he was. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. The story of Adam Sandler as a scout for Philadelphia, and he's off to find the next big international player, and he does so in Herman Gomez. What did you guys think? Well, you said about the time thing. That was that wasn't me. That was more Adam. I oh. think Adam oh, had a, 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 a time long, issue. Right? He thought it was a little too long with the training montage. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. For me, it was just like this. Bottom line, I'm I'm not Siskel nor am I Ebert. I will just say this: Do you like Adam Sandler? Yes. Check yes. Okay. Do you like basketball? Yep. Check yes. yes. Boom. Go watch <laughs> Hustle. Yeah, right. It's just that simple. Add it's like, NBA players, stir, and serve it hot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, what more do you want to say? It's, yeah, if, yeah, you, yeah. if you're not an Adam Sandler fan, then you're not going to like Hustle. If you don't like basketball, you're probably not going to like Hustle. But if you like those two worlds, it's like chocolate and peanut butter in a, in a Reese's Pieces. It comes together, and it's magical, and it's fun, and it was 
just a fun watch and I had a great time with it. You know, Wancho did his thing as Bo Cruz. And it's just another of the long list of Sixers front office head scratching mistakes when you have a guy as talented as Bo Cruz <laughs> and you and your scout, your lifelong scout slash coach. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Are we doing spoilers with this or no? Well, at this point, I mean, yeah, like, spoilers. Okay, I mean, it's spoilers. Been, it's been okay, out. yeah, okay. it's soon tape. Sure. It's okay. soon tape. It's but it's like, like I said, the Sixers had Bo Cruz, and they decided they didn't want him. <laughs> so it just, it, it just, it's it just another in the long list. Tomorrow night, I don't know what's going to happen with the Sixers in the draft. They, they might do the same thing. I don't know. And he yeah. ended up on the Celtics. And he ended up yeah, on the Celtics, the which aggravates part. me even more. And I realized he was only on the Celtics because Wancho was on the Celtics. But still, it still annoyed me that the Sixers had this guy and we passed it, it him was, up. It was like reliving your Jason Tatum nightmare all over again. Oh, and Adam, that's a nightmare that I will never, ever wake up from. As Jason Tatum wins championships and MVPs, there's always going to be me sitting there going, man. And by the way, and I'm going to be right there next to you to remind you every step of the way. Uh, what was your favorite NBA cameo, Adam? I don't think Anthony Edwards counts. He was in. It I was going little, to say yeah. Anthony he was Edwards. in it a little too much. Yeah, Anthony Edwards a, was awesome. He in wasn't this quite movie. a cameo. He, he played the perfect villain. Perfect. That guy was awesome. He legitimately has a future acting career oh, ahead absolutely. of him. He he was fantastic in this movie. Uh, I hate to be. Everybody loves this guy, but come on. The Boban cameo. It was awesome. It was so great. Especially that scene where they, where they show his son. <laughs> he's so what, like, what do you hate him? about saying it then? You said, well, it's just, I, I, I want to go against the grain and say, like, I don't know, Trey Young or somebody like that. That It's like, oh, there's Trey Young. Or, well, it was or great Tobias. when Boban waved Trey Young waved off. off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Boban showing up. I'm 22. Yes, I'm 22. Yeah, yeah. And then his 6'10 son comes in. He's like, he's 12. Like, wait a second. Hold on. What? <laughs> Is that po- physically possible? I, I mean, technically, no. You got to be 13, yeah, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I, enjoy, I, I, I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. I'm a little biased. Also, I was lucky enough to uh, to cover it for the, for the show. I had to go to the premiere in Westwood. It was such a trip because I was watching the premiere under the same roof as LeBron James and Adam Sandler. I was like, "What is my life right now?" It's amazing. Is, it was so bizarre, actually. And and there was a lot of famous people there. And, and Queen Latifah was there. And uh, by the way, Queen Latifah and, and Adam Sandler as a couple, the couple I never knew we needed. But you know, I was like, okay, I, fine. Right, did you buy yeah. that? Did you buy them together? I did once you kind of got the backstory of how athletic she was, right. how athletic he was. Yeah. It, it, like, I've gone to okay. school with people like those. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because that was definitely a little jarring at first. You're like, oh, they're uh, they're married. Yeah, that does. Yeah, at right. first I'll, you're like, really? Yeah. Because I, I, <laughs> yeah. I never would put Sandler and Latifah no, together as a married couple. Not. Usually but. it's just him and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I had a couple critiques. Obviously, like you said, I'm not Siskel, Ebert, or Roper, but still, a couple critiques, like I said, a little too long. To me, it could have been cut by 20 to 30 minutes. The the training scenes, while fun, they just drags on a little too much for me. I thought they were definitely trying to emulate the Rocky. It had a Rocky theme to it, obviously, being in Philadelphia, a sports movie, him, you know, training, the montage. That could have been cut a little. Um, Another critique for me... And I told you guys this before was I didn't think that the Bo Cruz character was incredibly likable. He seemed a little bit like he he was not very grateful for all of what uh, Sandler's what was his name Bert what Bert was doing for him. Yeah, um, he could have been a little more likable. Maybe they Stanley. showed showed some of his. Yes, yeah. I don't know why I called him. Um, Bert? Because there's a guy named Bert Sugarman, and maybe you're thinking of that. Oh, but maybe it's Stanley yeah. Sugarman. Yeah, Bert Sugarman. Stanley Sugarman. Yeah. 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 Um, 
he could have to me been a little like more likable um and maybe show a little more of his backstory of him working construction and some of his life, but uh, at this point, I'm kind of nitpicking on that. Um, and again, Adam, he was being lied to the whole time he was here, so maybe him being a little standoffish was right because essentially Stanley was lying to him the whole time. Yeah, no, you I know? can see that where he'd be standoffish, but also this guy brought him for the opportunity of a lifetime. Where if he didn't do that, he just would have been a construction worker in Spain. But also, his whole he life. was assuming that the Sixers were paying for everything. So yeah, that's, that's true. So, so he was kind of like. What do I care if I only take one bite of this $60 steak? Yeah, exactly. Like, the team's paying for it. They're billionaires. He didn't realize, you know, obviously, spoiler alert, that Adam Sandler's character is footing the bill for all this. Yeah. Yeah, just, just to me, it felt like he, in the training scenes, he obviously wanted. He was going hard. But the entire time, it, I didn't get that feeling like he was desperate to make the NBA like another guy would. He just was, it felt like the Sandler character was way more desperate for this to work out than than Bo Cruz was. Yeah, because he out. was. I think yeah. that's true, yeah. Because totally. Bo was pretty resigned yeah. to the fact that he was going to work construction and for raise his, his daughter. Life. That was his, and hustle people on the uh, on the blacktop. So. Yeah, where, the, where, where Stanley was essentially having a uh, a career slash uh, midlife crisis where, right. where he thought to himself, this has to work out for me or else maybe my career is over. And so I respected that with, uh, Sandler's just a great actor. This guy, he went just from, from the funny guy and happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. And, and he's a legitimately good dramatic actor. And you can mind that with the fact that he was able to make the jokes in between. That's that's what I enjoyed yeah. about the movie. It, it had a serious tone, but but there were moments, multiple moments where I laughed out loud. And oh, so that's, oh, what, yeah, that's what I really enjoyed about the movie. It was the combination of it being more of a serious drama, but you have the comedy within it. And that's what I really enjoyed about the movie. And then, like you guys have said, as a basketball fan, you can't help but not to enjoy the movie. The the, uh, the cinematography and the shots that they had of the training and, and some of the games were incredible. Cool. I, I love the beginning where we meet Bo Cruz and he's wearing the construction boots while he's hustling guys, even while he's in New York and he's still trying to hustle guys. And they're like, Adam Sandler's like, you don't have to do that anymore. Like, you're going to be in the NBA. You don't have to hustle guys yeah. for 20 bucks. And then how they got social media involved. Uh, what was what was score on Bo or something? What was the hashtag? Anyway, I don't remember. oh, the, just the Bo challenge. Like that yeah, was all, yeah. that was awesome. Like, like I said, I had so much. It was a really great, fun, kind of uplifting. If you love NBA, two hours like to just spend and and chill out. So that it was great. It was great. Yeah, loved everything about it. Do you just, think Do you think people who don't love basketball would still enjoy it? I was I was wondering about. That. I don't I think, know. I think so. I, think. I mean. It's just also has a feel good story. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know, like there's, it's a, there's, there's a happy ending and, you know, it's ups and downs, family dynamic. Yeah, and anytime there's you're doing something for your family, yeah. it, you know, yeah. there's a villain, Ben Foster's character. Yeah. He's kind of runs the Sixers. Like, he's kind of a dick. And so. But it's clearly made for basketball fans. It has those Easter eggs of even like oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. the cameos by the, uh, the professor. And, right. And lethal uh, shooter, lethal and, shooter, and yeah. so you have those Easter eggs for the real hoops heads that yeah. that gives it more of a of a fun time to watch. Yeah, it was great. All right, we're gonna do have a little more fun chats like this throughout the uh, summer off season. We'll probably talk some summer league. We'll recap the NBA draft next week, and we're gonna have lists, people. All these Instagram lists, my goodness, we're gonna have our take on all of these.
Uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. It was a really fun NBA season. Hope you enjoyed our coverage of it. I miss basketball. And there's more to come. I know it's been a week and we already missed ball. Draft tomorrow, <laughs> at least. Yeah, draft tomorrow. So check it out. Adam and TJ, thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace. Later. Later.